household analogy can't make sense because before there's a current, a monetarily sovereign government that taxes and then spends um, to be to let people pay the tax without those preconditions, bro, there's no households. There's no households in the sense that we're thinking of them today. There's no monetized households. Modern monetary theory has blown my freaking mind. Vete conmigo, amigo, hablar y caminar, porque el camino se hace al andar. Vete conmigo, amigo, hablar y caminar, porque el camino se hace al andar. Um, there's nothing wrong with hitting the red button, is there? What can go wrong? What could possibly go wrong? Hey, mi amigo Jim, how you doing? Hola, andamos. And andamos. Pues, today, Jim has generously agreed to have a, a conversation about something that I, I found is just this necessary topic. Is money just the power of an illusion or is it something else? Can we pay for the things that, that we really need to happen and we need to happen with urgency right now, especially relating to uh, the climate emergency, right? Modern monetary theory has blown my freaking mind. <laughs> And I've and I've gradually been um, going through these cycles of, okay, that kind of makes sense, and then, whoa, you know, mm. uh, and then no, that doesn't really make sense, mm. and then whoa, <laughs> through, through the past three years, these questions of, gosh, how will life ever happen again? You know, after the after the pandemic or in, in the dark days of the pandemic, questioning the assumptions that orthodox economics and even leftist economics made about how we could face the challenges. Do you tackle the challenges we face, especially uh, prevent a climate apocalypse and and as I was questioning those things, I was surprised. Neither Marxism nor um, orthodox neoclassical economics had tackled this basic question with what I found to be a satisfying level of rigor. What's money? And that's, that's really what's led me into MMT. I found hope. And, and more of a sense that uh, we are the ones we're waiting for. We are the people who can, who can tackle the problems we face. Um, and actually, we have the institutions that we need. And um, 
those a lot of that has to do with the uh, the nature of of a currency issuing government. I am interested in uh, investing and and trading and and uh, so most of what I look at or, or try to learn from from a, from an economics point of view um, tends to relate to that. Um, mm-hmm. Which is all, almost all of it is microeconomic mm-hmm. in a sense, you know, it, it may be large scale microeconomic, big sums involved, you know, but it's not, it's about players within a system and, and less about the overall nature of the system. The poet Wilfred Owen wisely said, all a poet can do is warn. I definitely come to this practice of of writing out of a prophetic tradition. Micah chapter 3, uh, verses 6 to 8. Um, what does the Lord require of you but to do justice, love kindness, and walk humbly with your God? To do justice and love kindness— um, how does how does that work in social life together? And unavoidably, these are political, both political and economic questions. And my warning was off <laughs> in in some of my earlier writing. I don't believe, uh, sort of on a on a fact basis, part of the song uh, "Forbidden Words" or "Tax the Rich" from uh, my first record, Code Switching. And that's because I didn't know what money was. Mm. There are still reasons to tax the rich, but, but they're just different than, than what I had understood before. Intuition, based on our day-to-day experience, gives us uh, a false understanding, a false guess false impression about how um, things are working on a systemic level, on a, on a bigger level, right? Um, and so, in it, so this is, this household limitation is true for every budget in the United States except for one, you know? Um, it's true for New York City. You know, um, it's true for me. It's true uh, for Krugman, a deficit dove rather than a deficit hawk. I've heard him say, well, the value of the currency is ultimately backed by the taxation authority of the United States government. That's what Krugman says. Mm-hmm. Where's he wrong? He's wrong because it's only created by the taxation authority of the United States government. That is the origin of the value of any government's monetary, any monetarily sovereign government's money. I don't want to change anyone's mind. That's actually freaking exhausting, you know? (laughs) I'm not interested in that. But the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America actually says that we're not about conversion. Uh, we're about walking with people. 
uh, accompaniment is the term that's used, right? And uh, conversion, whether it's about your macroeconomic framework or your your spiritual life, um, you know that that's something that happens in the heart. Uh, and and our, our our framework for it is it's it's the work of the Holy Spirit, right? So I'm not I'm not interested in changing anyone's mind, um, but I'm interested in equipping people to have a framework to consider some of the common misconceptions. So that is the path. Should we choose to walk it by sitting down and talking? <laughs> As I say in a song that I wrote uh, in homage to AOC, se hace el camino al andar, pero así hay que caminar hacia una visión moral que al pueblo puede inspirar. Right? So you make the path by walking, but for that, you got to walk. <laughs> and uh, you, need to, you need to walk toward a moral vision that can inspire the people. One of the reasons why I have the sense that MMT really is rigorous and insightful is that the echoes go really deep. Um, and for example, uh, a very general way to state it is that the MMT observation is that all money is debt. All money is a promise to pay. A monetarily sovereign government uh sets up this turbine, uh, this cycle, powered by uh, promise to pay in the currency that it creates, right? Um, but um, any promise to pay, in a sense, is a kind of currency. And before, um, before there's a taxing authority, um, this currency is in people's minds. This currency is social. Um, so money um, starts from this uh, relative reciprocity, I think is the anthropological term for it, or currency starts from that. This um, sense of a, a filial piety, piety, right? I got to take care of my mom because she brought me into this world, right? And in more complex societies, that right. So that's that's the logic of a of a family without money. In more complex societies, this relative reciprocity um, gives people different ranks based on uh, social categories that the society affirms: gender, age, um, and resources are distributed according to that sense of. Uh, value invested in people, indebtedness of one group of people to, or one person to another. Yeah, so, so that's, that's money on the most basic level. But uh, high-power money only comes into existence when there's uh, a state that's levying an obligation in some sense. It, it's the only way that money has ever had um, a stable value and without that, there can't be um, domestic household economies that are measured in money. This would be a good opportunity to transition into um, maybe some of the things that I don't quite understand about MMT or yeah. 
um, or some of the criticisms that I've heard of MMT that I'm still processing in my head. Mm -hmm. Um, And I wonder, you know, um, how much you've thought about this. And and let's start out with inflation. Um, Yeah. This is a difficult thing for me to understand, uh, given my limited um, exposure to MMT, how MMT um, effectively controls inflation. One of the major hurdles to funding um, public programs mm-hmm. that um, that many people, particularly on the left, uh, want to want to fund, and um, you know, it's it's like, um, why can't we have nice things? Yes. And the government usually says, well, how are you going to pay for it? Um, but, you know, I think cogently, I've heard MMTers say something like, you know, they don't ask that when it comes to military spending, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, 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 I'm sympathetic to that because I, I think— uh, just on what I've read uh, from Krugman, I, I think debt to GDP um, uh, makes more sense to think about than an arbitrary debt limit and and or you know uh, uh, you know the, the the debt ceiling for the for the U.S. Um, and how that can be hijacked by parties to to um, in a negative way, yeah. holding the economy hostage, essentially. Talk to me about how uh, how inflation is um, is is tackled by mm-hmm. MMT. All right, man. Well, generally, um, okay. Let me try to briefly state it positively, and then and then um, say something of the critique of of this this framework. So, positively. Um, MMT is, so it's not ideological in its origins. It is based on observations. And as Warren Mosler says in his white paper that I'm, uh, quoting from here, um, what is modern monetary theory? Modern monetary theory began as a description of Federal Reserve Bank monetary operations and accounting, which are best thought of as debits and credits to accounts kept by banks, businesses, and individuals. All right. So just say that for background, right? The question that you raise is absolutely vital, right? Because we just um, we just had new um, fossil fuel extraction authorized by, uh, you know, Joe Biden because— he was said he was being crushed under a deficit ceiling. And MMT observes that this deficit ceiling was, as you say, something that uh, it was made by people and it is it is not invoked. It is not um, used as a reason to restrict war spending in any way. Right. So th- this is why the question has been forced. Right. Um, but the, um, so generally though, MMT allows us to, to make proper distinctions between, 
what's the term for it? Ah, yeah. The nominal and the real, right? Numbers and what the numbers are describing. Okay? And before, before the numbers got really big um, and f- finance became this big, powerful field, people understood very clearly what money was and what the causes of prosperity or poverty were. It, that money... Um, As Jesus said when he was asked about paying taxes to Rome, he said, show me a Roman coin whose image is on it. He was answered, Caesar. Well, then give back to Caesar, render to Caesar what is Caesar's, and give to God what is God's. And the second part could be interpreted as him saying, and sure, pay taxes to the Jewish religious authorities also. Um, Anyhow, Jesus understood what money was very clearly in that Roman case. Did he have to invent MMT to see that? No. He just lived his ordinary life. He didn't have uh, all this distraction um, that we have from uh, all the focus on the big numbers that have to do with the accounting of a modern economy. There's the nominal, there's the numbers, and then there's the actual nature of those numbers. And the nature of those numbers matter as they relate to actual resources. Uh, One thing that's very bizarre about orthodox economics is that if you go back in history enough, it's always understood that the wealth of poverty or poverty of a society had to do with its development in relationship to real resources, right? It's understood that Egypt um, had a big population because they developed irrigation. And London is rich because bankers? Huh? Can you eat? Can you eat bankers? Can you, what, what is it that the bankers produce? That, that leads to actual wealth. No, it's still about real resources. And the, the dollars or pounds or whatever the currency is just represent um, or may, you have to look at how those numbers interact with real resources. And uh, so as Stephanie Keldon says, every deficit is good for someone. Um, you got to look how the actual deficit is being expressed in the society. So from there, MMT has a rigorous analysis of inflation. And Orthodox economists uh, often admit that they don't. Bro, that is huge. They, Orthodox economists like the Fed in some of its public disclosures admits that they do not have a working theory, a rigorous, clear cause and effect analysis of inflation. MMTers, that's basically a new value um, that Paul Krugman could stand up and clap for that MMTers contribute. Um, And 
generally, and it, it, but it's not simplistic, right? M MMT understands that inflation or the relative price level um, is tied to real resources. And that, once again, um, starts from the government, that the government, uh, what the government decides to pay for a thing is the value of a thing. And um, the market may choose not to create the thing for the government, right, if the price, if it doesn't accept the price, but the government can make things itself. And that then connects to the government is the source of unemployment, that no one was unemployed in dollars until there were obligations that you had to pay in dollars, and no one was unemployed, uh, pardon me, and no one had obligations that had to be paid in dollars until the actions of the U.S. government. And that gets confusing because in U.S. history, Alexander Hamilton did this brilliant sleight of hand and he didn't start it with tax. He started it with debt. But he got the engine started. It works either way. That could be a whole other talk. But um, unemployment is caused by the government. And um, the government then uh, has... So MMT isn't ideological, and they don't uh, say really any government policies are core to MMT. It's just a framework, except one that might seem very odd, that the government, that a currency-issuing government should and must off morally, and it's, and it's functionally useful for the government to offer a job guarantee. The government should do this morally because the government created the unemployment. And the government should do this functionally because a currency-issuing government um, can always afford to buy anything that's for sale in its currency. And the labor of people who have to pay taxes in that currency is thus always hireable by that government. So the government can say, uh, we don't have access to enough chips, right? high-tech computer chips, um, because we don't have the productive capacity to make those chips in the United States. But as Fadel Kaboob points out, the great thing about productive capacity is that it's producible. And since we can always put all of our people to work, we can start from what we have and plan. And so just what has... So there's no magic... Uh, capitalism dust that was sprinkled onto economics about 200 years ago, and suddenly uh, down was up and up was down. What MMT proves or observes is that it's still and it's always been about real resources, the real development of productive capacity. Okay, so what I understand based on what you uh, said is, uh, and I'm just simplifying it here for myself and for listeners, um, um, MMT considers um, the, the, the actual uh, resources involved in, uh, in 
uh, needed as opposed to like arbitrary numbers. Uh, you mm -hmm. talked about nominal versus real uh, 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 like amounts. And uh, I, I get that. I get that point. Um, but it, like inflation does happen, right? Like, um, it, or or maybe it doesn't. I, I don't know. Like, does does MMT say that um, because you're focused on resources as opposed to talking about numbers, that inflation uh, doesn't happen? Right. That's one part of the question. And uh, and then the other part um, is uh, suppose that you do have inflation. How are you? Um, how does MMT tackle actual inflation? Excellent. Um, okay. Okay. Yeah. That that if that was clear, that's that's my question. In fact, we can tackle one at a time. I sure. Don't know. Thank you. Although they're related, but do, do, does MMT think that um, within the MMT framework is inflation an actual problem that if an MMT approach is taken, um, naturally occurs? Or does MMT say essentially that uh, that inflation pretty much would not occur if MMT, if the MMT approach were, were effectively um, adopted? All right. So I think primarily uh, MMT says in the sense that Everyone means when we say inflation with fear, which is like that our uh, earning power will be reduced. You know, MMT uh, has has a very rigorous framework about how real uh, how to address those concerns. And um, secondly, that MMT points out that orthodox economics uh, isn't all that rigorous. And, and is very ineffective in um, its prescriptions for uh, its description of, un, of, pardon me, of inflation and its prescriptions for tackling it. And that does get into things that are more complex than I understand, but Warren Mosler has the argument that um, it's irrational to think at this point that since interest is a cost for most businesses, that increasing interest rates um, would reduce inflation. And they, uh, MMT can argue with, with, uh, a good deal of rigor, uh, that you need to look at the specific causes. Sure. In general, it's caused by there being, um, more buyers than there are sellers. Right. And you need to look systemically to understand why changes in the price level are being caused. So they can be caused by um, either a lack of needed supply or too much uh, unnecessary demand, and they can be caused by distributive bottlenecks. And MMT includes both real logistics in that as well as market uh, distortions. Current, most current inflation MMT analyzes has been, and actually Orthodox economists and the Fed in their reports are confirming, has been caused by uh, both real resource 
uh, shortages, right, in the pandemic and with the uh, Russian war on Ukraine, Mm -hmm. especially causing real resource shortages, followed by not a wage price spiral, as orthodox economists fear, but uh, have the Fed has concluded is not happening. It's not a significant cause of inflation, but a profit price spiral, as corporations uh, clearly disclose on their on their reports. Corporations, our economy is constructed in such a way that many firms have pricing power and have been able to increase prices more than their costs. These are the core causes of inflation as MMT in the current period as MMTers analyze. But in any specific case, you gotta you don't you don't say like what orthodoxy does is like there's inflation, raise interest rates. That's the only solution. What MMT does is you have to look at the system and find out what's causing the inflation and then respond accordingly. Okay. Yeah. You've laid out your argument. Uh, I think that that's more or less clear. I do want to raise the point, though, that it's really not anti-business, right? Like, this has really helped me um, feel much more comfortable with capitalism, actually, and, and you know, aware of sort of um, like I always kind of saw capitalism as kind of a wild animal, <laughs> but now I kind of understand um, what it can be trained to do and how and how great a lot of that is, you know. And I, yeah. So that's that's part of the story too. The idea is that there is involuntary unemployment, mm-hmm. and so. By providing a jobs guarantee, you can give jobs to people who want jobs, but who can't find jobs in the in, in the job market, and um, and 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 these people would be paid um, what I hear MMT or say is a dignified wage. Uh, so, whatever there's some minimum that they that they're paid uh, that they must be paid, and uh, this would not like this would not have the the negative effect of taking people away from uh, other jobs in the sense that it would um, it's it's giving jobs to people who who otherwise you know can't find one in, in the job market mm-hmm. yes um, and and so and so this should it, it uh, improve our our I guess productivity if I'm understanding it correctly. So, so that's the, the jobs guarantee, uh, what, what I understand. And, I, and I'd love for you to talk about that and, and pros and cons. But I'm also curious about UBI, uh, universal mm-hmm. basic mm-hmm. income, mm-hmm. which, as I understand, is not an MMT um, thing. But, um, you know, some MTers accept it, but uh, MMT has an analysis of how uh, job guarantee is is structurally different. So I don't know. I mean, I I, I kind of like the idea of uh, UBI, and and I'm not mm. sure. Oh, by the way, um, just to really try to explain all of these terms. Um, yeah. Okay. Again, my understanding. Not not I didn't study economics, but uh, my my understanding is that. Because we as a people, I'm just going to talk about Americans for a second, believe that there are certain inalienable 
universal rights, um, the, the, the right to, to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, right? The, the, so our, mm -hmm. our stated, our stated um, uh, views on, on, on rights. The, the idea behind UBI is that life, et cetera, pursuit of happiness requires money, um, given the, the structure in which we live in. And so money itself is, is a right. Um, mm. And from what I understand, however imperfect it might be, MMT seems to say that like a, a job, you know, is, is, is a right. And there's, there's like clearly some overlap there. Mm. Um, maybe it's like a, I don't know if it's a semantic difference uh, exactly, because I've heard MMTers say really interesting things about what should qualify for a job, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Um, so for me, the, the, the framework of, or, or the, or the language of UBI is, is appealing to me. Um, uh, my understanding is it's funded by, um, uh, I, I think it's funded by corporate, uh, profits that, that, that are taxed and, um, and it's given to, to everyone, uh, because well, hence universal, it, it, it has the appeal to me in the sense that, uh, it, seems to agree with uh, with with our our stated beliefs about universal rights and um, and and it, it also seems to be kind of progressive in the sense that mm. it, it's going to help those uh, um, disenfranchised marginalized groups more because they have less um, as a percentage they have less discretionary income um, and so this will go a longer way for such people. And uh, I don't know if, you know, if it makes more sense to do it universally where everyone gets it or to cap it at some, you know, some amount. Um, people can donate, you know, their amount, whatever, if they don't want the, the stigma, supposedly. Uh, some people might see it. So mm. to put this concise for you, um, uh um, what was I saying? Um, the, the the first bit is about explaining what the jobs guarantee is, um, mm -hmm. why you think it's uh, why it makes sense for you, and um, how does UBI fit into that? Is is it uh, do you not like the idea? Is it possible to combine the two ideas in some way? Um, as far as I can tell, like it's possible, but um, I have a feeling that. MMT, a lot of MMTers might not feel that way. Yeah. Yeah. That, those are the two things. Yeah. Okay, great. Um, yeah. So this gate gets into perhaps the key um, misconception. MMT, um, you know, in a sentence, people often say, oh, MMTers think you can just print money to pay for whatever, right? Um, where... That's uh, really not at all what's what's being described here, right? It's um, much more a focus on real resources and real limitations, cause and effect of uh, employment, unemployment, uh, real prosperity, GDP, et cetera, than it is a focus on... Uh, money, which may seem paradoxical, right? MMT 
um, as I said, does not include any policy prescriptions except the job guarantee. And that echoes back to um, – uh, but it, their MMTers do have some warnings or, or some caveats that they'd make about uh, universal basic income. Um, so uh, you, you frame that with that um, observation that life today requires money. Why? What kind of money is that? Life today requires fiat currency because of the fiat power of the state. And all the other stories that we get about money having its value are illusory and distracting. Money did not come from a rise out of barter, at least not money as we know it. That's the first step, I'd say, that if government, uh, pardon me, since we observe that modern life requires money, you need to understand where real money comes from. Um, another key observation is that any spending can be inflationary. It depends on the systemic impact of that spending, especially does the seller have the opportunity to still make the sale and raise the price. That's sort of, that's my own phrasing of it. But any spending, that's a, that's a Mosler, Warren Mosler phrase. Any spending can be inflationary, no matter where it happens, private sector, foreign sector, domestic government sector. And so MMTers focus on the real resources um, and the, uh, the impact of that spending and prioritize labor as because because they prioritize human beings and um, have that observation that unemployment, yeah, is caused, the initial cause of unemployment is taxation. And Mosler says that um, if there's unemployment, that's because the government, apart from people, of people who want to work and can't work, right, apart from disability, um, that's because the government isn't, uh, spending enough of a surplus into the private sector. Another way to put that is that the government doesn't have a high enough deficit with the non-government sector. Um, and what MMT argues is that um, putting everyone to work, as you very well described, cannot be inflationary because those were by definition it's there's not going to be a bidding war over those resources right those were resources that by definition were out of use it is putting everyone to work has two other functions though one it regulates the economy and i think as with every purchase that a currency government issuing government makes it defines the commodity that's that it is purchasing, right? We will know what a job is when the federal government 
sets a minimum price for labor. Right? So people will leave things that do not satisfy a, a description of decent employment for a job guarantee job, right? Or as Warren Mosler calls it, a transitional job. But they'll be hired up by the private sector because there will be more um, – because full employment will lead to prosperity and um, the private sector uh, prefers to hire people who have jobs compared to people who are unemployed, right? So most people, the idea is, would move through job guarantee jobs. Where so And compare that to the idea of the government – UBI is very much the government blindly spending into uh, the economy, or at least into every household, right? That it's that has a social security number. Uh, is spending without employment has a much higher risk of being inflationary than spending with employment, because spending with that's directed at employment is uh, limited is both about in full employment of the real resources, right? And it's also limited by the real resources. So you can't have this problem of there being more sellers, how does it go? <laughs> more buyers than there are sellers, right? Um, and uh, the the other and then further, personally, man, bro, like I was super sympathetic to UBI when I first heard about it. Um, but uh, I think this is not an MMT idea exactly, but it's um, jobs are, are really important to the social fabric, you know. And um, however a job is, in fi is defined, there's lots of evidence that shows that it's a positive for mental health, you know. And the subset of people who can, uh, I'd like the idea that a job guarantee could, um, yeah, one of the things you could do is be an entrepreneur, right, for a limited term at least, you know? Okay, we'll fund your startup for two years as your job guarantee or something like that, you know what I'm saying? But it's a myth to say that most people um, can find happiness and add their highest value by being an entrepreneur. You know, I think, I think that's a, that's a unique and special and I, I honorable gift to have. Um, but not that common. Um, yeah. So to like jobs, jobs just in and themselves, um, are good and generally MMT. Well, the two big takeaways from the pandemic that we haven't mentioned already. One, that Stephanie Kelton and others uh, were like, "Hey, y'all, um, you see that we that the federal government can spend in response to real needs with uh, as needed, right? You 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 see that, right? And then secondly, um, MMTers um, were definitely um, sounding the alarm about how the federal response." Um, to the pandemic was structured, right? So Stephanie Kelton and others um, were advocating um, 
uh, at least transitional temp or temporary Medicare for all, you know, and keeping and the government, uh, the, the Treasury um, funding the private sector payroll, keeping the private sector and the public sector payrolls whole. Transitionally, um, put the economy in cold storage, and then once it's safe to take it out, you can take it back out. You know, that was the idea. So, so that, um, all of that, who was it? I heard Pavlina Chernova on the MMT podcast say that all of that could have been funded for less than the U.S. federal government spent in their pandemic response. And all of that, do you understand how each of those cases, uh, spending is tied to real resources and limited by the real needs and the real resources? And so it has less of a risk of being Germany that, that, that did the thing of like covering the private pay, payrolls. They spent a lot less on their pandemic response than the United States did. And, you know, EU countries also have national health care mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. who not only cover the costs, they set the prices. Got it. Okay. So I, I think I understand your response for the most part. I mean, there's just so much here. Yes. Yeah, it's like <laughs> we barely scratched the surface. So, so you 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 mentioned how a, a job guarantee um, uh, utilizes real resources, and I like the idea that there are so many like underfunded um, public uh, projects that 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 need um, need people. Um, and and they never get the attention that they uh, deserve. I, I do think that that's a real thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that's important. Uh, something we should pay more attention to. Um, and I can see how a, a job guarantee would would help with that. And yeah, I mean, I could push back a little bit on that, right? It's it. I don't know that everyone would take a, a job guarantee if offered. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that. You know, why people are unemployed is complicated. Um, you know, I, I tried to read the general theory by uh, John. Uh, okay. uh, yeah. The, the wow. Yeah, no, no, I tried, but I gave okay. up. Yeah. I, I read maybe the first uh, two, three chapters. Then I realized, you know what? I should probably do a primer, come back to this. Um, <laughs> it, it, it's written for economists, and it's it's uh, – it's it's uh, it's it's dense. So, um, it, but he, I do remember him briefly talking about like how complicated, you know, involuntary unemployment is. Yeah. Um, and you know, sometimes things are in transition, or there's a there's a sort of an error, like an accounting error or something, a structural error. That there are many reasons why people are un, uh, unemployed. Um, so I don't think that everyone would go for a, for a job guarantee. Mm-hmm. Part of that is like what they would be engaged in doing and if they find it worthwhile. I think that's mm-hmm. a big reason why many people don't work. It's It sounds good. I, like I'm going to use the word utopian, but I mean it in a good sense mm-hmm. because I think mm-hmm. that um, you know people should be motivated to help other people and to do 
a project that's going to help people and, and might not be the most exciting job. But I wonder also, so there's, there's, there's that, there's, there's uh, whether they want something that pays uh, the, this uh, minimum and um, mm-hmm. whether they want to work those jobs. But also, uh, I think people also are unemployed because they think about opportunity costs. Um, they think about, well, if I take this, then, you know, I might be doing this for a while and I might not want to do something else uh, or I won't be thinking about looking for a job. Like maybe I, I should hold out more to look for this other thing. And then the amount of time that I put into this, I could also use to develop skills and so on. Mm-hmm. And I know you mentioned a really good point uh, about how people tra- would transition from a job guarantee job to 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 a market labor job uh, uh, labor market job but I guess this brings me back to UBI right which is um, because mm-hmm. it's just money you have an option to be useful you have the opportunity whether that's seized or not is is, is another mm-hmm. question mm-hmm. but you have the opportunity to do what you what you want to do that provides the most value to society. Now, that is starting to sound utopian, and I, and I recognize that. But uh, I guess that that's what I, about UPI, uh, and, you know, you mentioned inflation, and, and I would just say that, you know, um, since the idea is that this is coming from corporate profits, um, who, I mean, you might disagree, but who say that they, provide utility and and their services um, you know we could talk about um, or I'll just briefly mention that you know that would be a counter to inflationary argument um, whether I buy it hundred percent is another question but I'm just saying there are different ways of viewing these things mm-hmm. um, and so I, I don't know like uh, truly, which would like definitively, I don't know which would be more inflationary. Um, I think, yeah, this is a great conversation that has um, helped me to understand and hopefully people listening uh, just how just to challenge the assumptions that um, that we kind of grow up uh, listening to um, uh, macroeconomic, um, assumptions that have mm-hmm. real-world consequences, mm-hmm. um, and um, and and yeah. So um, that's it. I just wanted to briefly like give some thoughts on that. Um, uh, you know, because you've been talking so much about um, different ideas and 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 explaining so much. So I want to put some of my thoughts out there too um, for people. Uh, if they're wondering what I think. Um, and yeah, I, I, I came in this with an open mind. Um, I appreciate um, your explanations. Um, I have certainly learned uh, quite a bit about different aspects of MMT. And, um, and yeah, I, I just, I appreciate it. And I'm sure there's much more to, to talk about. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, thank you, man. Thank you for your, um, uh, for a generous conversation. 
and for questions that are that are focused on on getting getting greater insight universal uh backup income uh makes more sense to me personally than universal basic income you know explain um, the the difference i just that's my i just coined that right now okay <laughs> But but this this is the principle I've heard described that like uh, but so it's either you say universal backup income or just basic income right you leave the U off of UBI that that's that's a proposal that I think fits more in the MMT framework because it's again tying the nominal to the real right so the people that get that could qualify for basic income um, are people who are not being reached by the job guarantee, you know, and are, and are unemployed. Um, and, or people, I guess people who are working, but whose income falls below a certain threshold, you know? Right. Um, and then, and then, yeah, of course it could also mean that that's a subsidy for people who, you know, say I, I make a little bit of living from being a rapper every year. Right. But then with that and basic income, I can be a full-time rapper and put out 20 albums a year or something like that. You you know what I'm saying? (laughs) Um, But for me, actually, I'd rather be the rapper in residence of my block. I'd rather have a job. I'd rather have some kind of structure around that. That's about my need for social connection and how my brain works. I admire entrepreneurs who could just have the seed money and do stuff with that you know yeah, that, that would say, be more challenging for me go ahead can i just say that it's like uh like in some ways it's becoming easier to get funding to be a sort of entrepreneur or, or at least to have a sort of business that is publicly funded in a sense um so you know there are ways of entrepreneuring so to speak <laughs> uh that you know, that's just, you know, I just want to just broaden the definition of that. A sure. Bit. That's all I'm doing. Sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think that's another example of the kind of thing that I'm just much more relaxed about and open to with this um, understanding of how much fiscal space a modern and even regulatory space, a modern money system can give to a government. Well, since the government only spends in one way, the government can spend to employ people directly, and then that will echo out uh, into their spending, which will eventually drift down into corporate profits from the government to corporate profits. Or the government can spend toward the public purpose you know, in some of the ways that you're that you're describing, um, where I think Marxism has this tendency to see, um, you know, like small, like all business owners as the enemy of the worker, mm-hmm. and like that's very, where uh, and and on the and that's very like inhumane to me and seems weird. And then on the other hand, though, like you do realize that firms do have to maximize profit. And so if the government is constrained in its ability to create the rules of the market because of some 
uh, limitation like those that um, conservative and liberal economists of the orthodoxy describe, um, eventually there are these places where business owners or capital and labor is is against each other. But if if the government spending is the core, the source of all of the money, you understand that there's not a market that's not made by government. And so it is absolutely our task to set the rules of the market. You know what I'm saying? Where, where orthodoxy often leads to this idea that there are these, these morally repug- repugnant things that are just necessary, like the idea of the natural level of unemployment, you know? It, it doesn't it certainly doesn't give all the answers and and I think that's one of the things um, that makes it credible to me actually but it does give this interesting framework where you can work out the answers based on um, you know real real uh, kind of open-ended fact informed data informed problem solving yeah, it, it provides a, a different framework for looking at 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 the same problems and again challenging assumptions. Um, and yeah, I, I do like what you said about um, it being, uh, for lack of a better term, less judgmental. Let's say um, than other other. Um, macroeconomic ideas. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Thank you, man. I definitely find, though, I think for both of us, that there are certain um, ideas that are, that are, in a sense, life-giving, that are just really inspiring, and certain questions that are just unavoidable for, for, the, for the life of the mind. Se hace el camino. Thank you for your generous thinking and listening. just nice to have another person to talk through this with because <laughs> if I'm on my own I'll do both sides of the argument yeah. right and that's um. exhausting sometimes <laughs>